I'm going to take you today on some very on-brand Corrigan territory. Beautiful. Okay, okay, okay. okay. I'm get, I think I've, I've got a picture already of where we're going. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a Haunted little bit Haunted Lake. About... Uh, but what? Haunted Lake. No, no lakes today. Okay, okay. Good guess. Do you want to take a second guess on where we're going? Uh, the Deep South. No. No? Okay, right. go on. You're out of guesses. Here we go. I'm going to tell you today about the Donner Party. Oh, cool. Now, I've, I've mentioned them a few times to you because mm. I just... Like, here, I could say the Donner Party and everyone would know what I was talking about. It didn't yeah. occur to me that this is not a universal experience. It is not. And so each time you've been like, the what? Yeah, and I'm 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 delighted that we're going to go there because I'm yeah. curious to see if my vague as fuck understanding of what it is is in any way related to what it actually is. Do you want to tell me what you think it is first? Right. I always enjoy this, like when you tried to explain to me what... It's you not Thanksgiving a, was. It's <laughs> uh, it's not a party, is it? In the in in. <laughs> no. It is we might un, as we might understand it. No. It's no not one's like having a, cake a at this particular view. party. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Is it? Does it involve like a bunch of people traveling a long way? It does. Yes. Right. Okay. I think. I think. Yeah. I think. I think. I think. I roughly vaguely. Is it like Cannibal the Musical? I actually haven't seen Cannibal the Musical, but it sounds like you're on the right track. Funny as fuck, by the way. Yes. that It's probably exactly what you're thinking of then. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you a little crash course into the most famous case of cannibalism in oh, American history. Beautiful. Now, this is a huge story here. So, I'm only going to like scratch the surface, 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 surface mm. of what exactly this is. Because we could do a million episodes on this. I yeah. recommend listening to the last podcast on the Les- left series on it, which mm. was absolutely phenomenal. So they did a series. They, they, they got a lot Yeah, of... they did multiple episodes okay. on this because it, it's huge. Um, also, the book, The Indifferent Stars Above Us, which was their main source. Um, yeah. You can look at the links that I referenced for this on our blog on jackofallgraves.com. Also, there's a book by Michael Wallace called The Best Land Under Heaven, The Donner Party in the Age of Manifest Destiny. Mm. That is worthwhile. Also, Michael Wallace, the historian who I will also reference later on and who wrote that book, he's also the voice actor who plays the sheriff in the Cars movies. Oh, great. Just, wow. Yeah, weird little side diverse. note about What a that. little side yeah, right? he's got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Super diverse. Uh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, in the mid-1800s, America was in the midst of expansion fever. So there was this term coined in the 1840s called Manifest Destiny. Have you heard that before? Manifest Destiny. Um, no, it just makes me think of the best, uh, the, the democracy manifest guy. Um, you know who I'm talking about, yeah? The Australian uh, theatrical guy who gets arrested. Uh, it's a whole thing. I'll, I'll show you okay, later. Okay, fair. So, well, well, long story short, that. no. <laughs> no, no. Manifest Destiny means nothing to you. It basically meant that it was God's will for the white settlers to expand their territory across this entire landmass from Atlantic to Pacific and take mm. it for themselves. They were like, you know, oh, there's no one out there anyway, so we might as well take it and make it God's country. I see. Obviously, there were people out there and yes, they yes, knew yes. that <laughs> but those people were indigenous people and mexicans so as far as the settlers or pioneers as we often call them cared it was all up for grabs for us so as sheriff michael wallace puts it uh he it was 
For many California tribes, it was total genocide. There are stories of Anglos going out and literally having target practice by shooting Indians. That was part of the whole manifest destiny thing. Mm. We could possess the continent because there were no people out there. There were Mexicans, yes, a lot of it belonged to Mexico, and there were all these Plains Indians, but they, in fact, weren't people. They weren't human beings, so it's ours. So this is the first thing I'd love to clear up here. You're quite right. We do hear the term pioneer used often in that context. That's not... That's whitewashing, I guess, is it? That's that. Yeah, basically. It makes it sound like this heroic yeah, sure. kind of like, you know, striking out, out into there, the, the frontiers. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. exactly. And kind of, yeah, erases the fact that when what pet pioneers actually are, genocidal white right. settlers going yeah. out and killing Native Americans in order to take their land. Okay, and okay. So at the same time that this the Donner Party was setting out on their journey west, President Polk had the U.S. at war with Mexico, uh, which would lead to the annexations of Texas and California and further the general sense that everything from coast to coast was rightfully ours by mandate of God. Yes. So obviously it became super important that people then go out and, you know, make homes in that new territory. You can't just have this empty space and say it's ours, right? Yeah, so. Yeah. The group generally known as the Donner Party, it's also sometimes known as the Donner-Reed Party, was led by brothers George and Jacob Donner and their friend James Reed. And they brought along their huge families and along the way picked up several other families, including the Breens, the Grazes, and the Keysbergs. At its peak, the Donner Party boasted somewhere between 90 and 100 people. And a good chunk of those people were children from toddlers to teens. Like, about half, maybe more even, were kids in this party. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they were among the many posses of pioneers that left their comfortable homes on the eastern side of the United States to settle in California and take advantage of new opportunities to become even more rich and prosperous. And so we this, are talking yeah. li- living... How, how would how would conditions on a, on a journey like this have been for, for people, for children? How, how what, yeah. what do you live in? How do you clean yourself great question at this point moving westward was basically an industry right Mm, so it was generally pretty safe people traveled in covered wagons like you imagine uh the reed family for example on this had they called it like the pioneer palace because it was like a two-story covered wagon with like a nice feather bed for the mother and like a stove and all this stuff in it so like only rich people were moving out You couldn't afford to do this if you were like a poor person. So a lot of times also when we think about like this myth of pioneers, we imagine these like scrappy Irish immigrants and stuff like that, like going and making their way out to make good. And really, we're talking about wealthy, upper class, upper middle class people who are going out and doing this. Like you said, with the opportunity to become even more so. Right. Like they just, they had land, they had Mm. property, they had, you know, businesses, all that kind of stuff. They just wanted more. Uh, And this this presented a new opportunity. This this is giving me so many questions. So when they get to this, you know, place where they can, you know, claim their manifest destiny and just muscle on in on this land, what's the process there? Obviously they don't buy it because no one, no one, it doesn't belong to anyone. Do they literally just stick their fucking flag in it and go, ours now? Yeah. Wow. That's pretty much exactly what it is sometimes things did belong to people there that they would buy from someone else you know there were some settlers who had immediately sort of set out lots of land and you know taken up this process and you could buy or lease from them but in general 
you know, it's the the put your flag on it kind of situation. And dibs, this is dibs, the law of dibs. Dibs, it's dibs. You know, that's exactly what it is. Um, <laughs> so these people are going out and they're getting basically free or extremely cheap land. You know, they are uh, shortly after this, you know, 20 years later or so, you have the gold rush. Yep. So those families being there all of a sudden now have access first dibs on this like mineral wealth that's yeah. there um so it's kind of you know a very easy way to become prosperous as like an early adopter of california essentially and so like i said it's it's an industry so it's not especially dangerous aside from the fact that it's the 19th century and like literally everything is dangerous like sure. you can die if you brush your teeth the wrong way at that yes. point but for the most part it's pretty safe to travel westward as long as you you know stay on the path uh, but the donner voyage was doomed almost from the start as they were duped by a grifter's guidebook into taking an untested route that would allegedly save them 400 miles of travel oh fantastic considering this trip was already going to take them four months so did go, someone did someone sell them a book Yes, this With... was like a, I mean, it was a published book, right? Right, that okay, okay, These okay. people came across, and they were like, okay, we have, this is going to save us time on this four-month journey. Mm. Great, let's do that. That's awesome. But it would be the first of many mistakes that would ultimately lead to the deaths of half of the party. So the book was called The Emigrant's Guide to Oregon and California, which sounds yep. pretty legit. It's not like, get rich quick in California yes. or anything <laughs> like that, you know? <laughs> like, it's a... You know, it just sounds like a regular book that someone might buy. And it was written by a man named Lansford W. Hastings. Oh, it's such a perfect name. <laughs> it's such a grifter name, isn't it? <laughs> it's really Step perfect. Step right up, folks. <laughs> so at one point on their journey, they actually ran into a friend of James Reed. James Reed, of course, is one of the three sort of heads of this party. Yeah. Um, and this guy was named James Kleiman, who was an explorer and who had actually like accompanied um the author the lansford hastings out west as he was kind of figuring out his route mm. and he said to them don't take this shortcut lansford hastings doesn't know what he's talking about he in fact has never taken this cut off himself i advise you strongly don't take it stick to the known california trail don't take this shortcut that's going to save you time because it won't so they were warned they were completely warned this guy lansford Super is warned. full of shit yeah, book like is... that's strong language right there. That's yeah, not yeah, like, yeah. I don't know, guys. It's a little, I don't yeah. know if he's like vetted it super well. It's like, guys, don't fucking do this. Yeah. This is a really bad idea. Wow. For whatever reason, they elected not to listen to him and they continued forth on the route set out by Hastings. It sounds like the equivalent and... of, you know, taking travel advice from me. <laughs> you know what I mean? If I were to go, guys. I know I wouldn't. <laughs> At pretty much every turn when presented with a choice, the Donner Party chose the wrong one. Yeah. And just outright, they started the journey about three weeks too late. So timing was everything as the route became exponentially more treacherous as winter set in. So they would, you know, it was common knowledge that if you could not pass the mountains by early fall... Don't bother. You didn't want to do this. Mm. right? And so they started three weeks late as it was... Uh, and that's, you know, that doesn't sound like a lot, but that's the difference between a mostly clear path and devastating blizzards. Sure. And as luck would have it, winter also set in earlier than usual yes. that year. 
So their delayed start, along with several breaks they took to rest or replenish supplies, and the fact that the supposed 400-mile shortcut actually cost them an extra 30 days oh. put them in a real bad spot. Great job, like, Lansford, or whatever your fucking name was. Great book. <laughs> yeah, real cool one. Good job, guy. <laughs> uh, so while shit really hit the fan when winter came, it had already gone to hell long before then. Hmm. Their travels across the Great Salt Lake Desert took them considerably, considerably longer than expected, in part because it was actually twice as long as Hastings had promised. Amazing. And in part because it was terrible to take wagons across. It was rocky, it was muddy, the wagons kept getting stuck. I don't expect you to know this, although... Actually, now I've said that, I do expect you to know this because this is exactly the sort of thing you would know. But did did Lansford's chickens ever come home to roost? Did did he ever pay That's the fucking price for his flimsy <laughs> travel advice? You know, I think I should know the answer to that because I have read about this and I think they talked about it in last podcast on the left, but uh -huh. I'm not entirely sure. So I will have to get back to you. I'd love to know more about the story the of his life because he can't, he, you know, he, he can't have had faith in his own book. He must have known that he was. Well, right. And what he basically did, the reason that he did that route was mm. because he had set up several little operations along that route I that see. they ah. would have to use you know so he was setting it up so like oh you're gonna have to happen by yes. my shop and yes, my this yes, and my yes. that you know so he was not concerned with people taking this path really he was just kind of like this is gonna funnel them towards stuff that's gonna yeah. pay me yeah 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 so yeah just big old grift all the way across awesome so Salt Lake de Desert, twice as long as it's supposed to be. Terrible terrain to get across. Absolute disaster. The excess time it was taking caused them to run out of supplies far earlier than expected. Like, they'd packed enough for this trip that they were going to make it all the way across the country. They were going to get to San Francisco. They were going to have excess stuff when they got there. Chucking food and, out. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like, you know, straight up making it rain. Like, that was how they expected this to go. So at what point um, did the kids start looking tasty? At what point did... <laughs> we'll get there. We'll okay. get there. <laughs> Unlike the Donna party. So they had to stop several times to receive provisions and just to straight up rest from the mm. exertion of the grueling voyage because they're like, they're losing livestock along the way, whether it's like Native Americans are stealing them from them or they have to like kill them because they can't take them along with them. Oh, okay. So they take like meat animals. Yeah, yep. Okay. They were taking stuff with them that they could eat, and that was pulling yeah. the um, the wagons as right, well. Right, right. But those aren't really. Most of them have died or been stolen or things like that as they're going across. And each extra day just puts them one closer to total catastrophe, and they yes. end up right smack dab in the middle of it. Uh, also, in what one source described as a road road rage incident. James Reed killed another member of the party after an argument, just straight up ganked the guy, shot him. Wow. Uh, and it was initially proposed that he be hanged for it, but instead he was banished from the group and sent on to California on his own. Wow. Where he was to gather supplies and bring them back to the party if he made it. Right, okay. And he did, in fact, make it uh, all the way to Sacramento. But by the time he tried to get back to the party, the route had become entirely impassable. And there was no way for him to get back with any form of supplies or help. Did he Did he survive? I need to know that guy survived. 
He survived. Yeah. Yay, good. He did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he murdered someone. I don't know what you're well, saying Well, no, good. but I, I quite like his character arc here as well. <laughs> That's not on. You're out of the Donner Party. Get out of here. Oh. And it turns out that it was yeah, the best thing that could happen to him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, so it was October 20th when the first blizzard hit. Like I said, very early in the season. For I'm a, casting this in blizzard. my head, by the way, as you go. Ooh. I'm sure there have been <laughs> Donna, I'm sure there have been dramatizations of I'm this, sure. millions of them. Yeah, None probably. as good as the one that I'm cooking up. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, so October twentieth, this blizzard hits, and the Donner Party is literally buried mm. in snow. Yeah. And it became clear that there was no way for them to press on, so they began to construct lean-tos and makeshift cabins to shelter themselves from the elements. Yeah. Uh, so some of them actually managed to make essentially like actual cabins and some of them were just like too weak and it happened too fast and all they got up was like some canvas over some sticks uh that was out there um <laughs> Loser. It, it's <laughs> it's worth noting by the way that they were real socially distant about where they built their shelters uh because at this point they were all just sick of each other's shit i bet yeah, like, yeah. it'd been six months on this arduous journey and they were just straight over each other uh yeah. even in a survival situation they couldn't stand to be around each other one minute more so they were just kind of like yeah you know what fuck you i'm gonna be in my lean too mm. you be in yours there you go and winter didn't let up from there and the party, again, largely made up of children, found themselves trapped in their little antisocial lean-to village for months. So good. Months. So good. With nothing to do but try not to freeze to death. Like, one of the kids reported later on, like, it was, like, they lost the will to play. <laughs> it was just, like, Yikes. all you're just doing is sitting in these canvas things. For days at a like, time. Yeah, Yikes. exactly. Um, and as people died... The tents became increasingly putrid. Yes, uh, here we was, go. Here we go. Determined that a crew of the strongest survivors, along with two Miwok guides, Miwoks are a tribe of indigenous people, uh -huh. uh, would set out on snowshoes through the mountains to try to seek rescue. And Mark, yeah, that's when the cannibalism started. Yes, here we go. <laughs> the snowshoe party which came to be known as the forlorn hope was completely <laughs> exposed to the elements uh and soon they began dropping like flies yeah. um after the third death they decided the only way they could continue to survive would be to eat that corpse eat the dead eat the dead now the two miwok men refused as it was completely taboo to yeah. eat human in their beliefs when to go um Exactly. You yep. know, like, we all know this. We know we, that you don't... Joag fans people. will know all about that. <laughs> In indigenous cultures, not great. Mm -hmm. uh, so this left them starving and weak, though. Like, they were just as, you know, facing all the same elements as these guys were. Uh, which made it all the easier for party member William Foster to accost and murder them with a gun. And then the white men ate the two Miwoks oh. as well. Yeah. Which, by the way, is, again, like, whitewashed from this whole story. Like, uh -huh. you know, you'll read a lot of stuff and it'll claim, like, oh, they only ever ate people who, like, died naturally. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, yeah. they murdered the Indians they brought with them. Um, and this <laughs> this shit is why they don't want you to learn critical race theory here. Because yep. the second you look at anything about people who settled the United States, it's yep. like... Every oh. single one of them is garbage. You They're are the trash. baddies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. straight up the baddies every single time. 
But anyway, uh, just to add insult to injury, by the way, the Forlorn, Forlorn Hope found rescue when they stumbled into a Miwok settlement, which took them in and helped them, not realizing these assholes had just murdered uh, and eaten two of their tribe. No. Yep. And keep in mind, too, like, those two guides had saved their lives yeah, a few weeks before. Those guys yeah, had brought yeah, them yeah, yeah, provisions yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And then they killed them. And then, and they... then they went into their, oh. their tribe and were rescued by them after murdering them. Really shabby behavior from those lads. <laughs> really shabby. Just downright trashy, classless shit is all that. Uh, jerks. Anyway. I'm going to go ahead and call them jerks. <laughs> I'll allow it. I mean... <laughs> Harsh words, but I'll allow it. So rescue came to the party members back at the lean-to camp in several waves. Uh, and by that time, those survivors, too, had been eating corpses of the over dozen people who had died there. Mm. One woman explained that the children had eaten the last of the food, and then the wolves came oh. and started digging up and eating the corpses they had buried in the snow. Wonderful. And so the women went, you know what? Why don't we eat them instead of letting the wolves have them? Might as well. Makes sense. By the time the last group was rescued from the mountain, their camp looked like something out of a horror movie with, quote, body parts, mm. including heads, oh. reportedly strewn around the snow. And that is Fuck the yeah. party. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome, Mark. I hope you Phenomenal. feel a little more educated I do. on our cannibal history. I do, and... Might I say, you weave quite a tale, Corrigan. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. I, was, I try. I was in hook, line, and sinker. Good. I really was. For the record, um, among the cast of my Donna party... Ooh, yes, please. Uh, let's hear it. Walton Goggins is in there. Danny McBride oh, shows up sure. at some point. For sure. Um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Matt Damon is is one of the guys who goes off with... Uh, did you, What was the tribe called? Did you say them... Uh, the Miwoks. The Miwoks. Uh, Matt Damon is one of those guys, one of those shitheads who goes off. Christian Bale is probably in there somewhere. Ooh, um, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Coming, coming this fall. Let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise-en-scene. I don't think anyone has ever said mise-en-scene in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's cold so, outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm gonna leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome once again to Jack of All Graves. If you check the news, you'll probably find things are pretty bleak. If you look out the window, you'll probably find that things are fine. Don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Block out the fucking news. Everything's okay. La la la. I'll just repeat that. Everything is okay. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's time to listen to Jack of All Graves. Mm. Block it out. It's <laughs> fine. Everything's gonna be fine. This, this getting like increasingly more aggressive is, is, is not convincing me. It is. It's all just you don't you don't need to believe the scientists or the journalists or the experts. You don't need to listen to them because it's all going to be fine. 
it's a very American point of view. Yes. <laughs> How's your positivity journey going, Mark? Well, that's what I mean. That was an affirmation. That's, yeah. That was that was me trying to manifest it. Uh, mm-hmm. Look, hey, look at me. I'm fine. I'm not weeping. You seem fine. <laughs> that's true. That's you know I mean? great. It's I'm not, really good news. I'm not crying. I've got a smile on my face. Everything is great. Yeah, it's just okay. You know, it's looking like more and more manic as you say it. No, 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 no. I believe it. Good. I buy it. I'll buy that for a dollar, Mark Lewis. Keep saying it, and it will become true. Here's a little bit of trivia for you. Um, Ooh, hit me. The guy who you often see on the TV screens in RoboCop in a bawdy sitcom uh, yep. with the catchphrase, I'll buy that for a dollar. That character has a name. And that yes. character's name is uh, Bixby Snyder. Yes, that is true. I feel like I recently looked that up. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I was delighted. Probably while I was watching RoboCop. Yeah. Bixby Snyder. Bixby I'll Snyder for is a dollar. the character from his show, his hit show, I'll Buy That for a Dollar. <laughs> an absolute classic it is it is i've it got is. them all on plex they're funny as fuck <laughs> well mark we've got a lot to talk about this week whole bunch of shit to discuss this week folks uh a whole bunch of events coming up in the joagverse it is. uh which we are very excited about on personal level and mm-hmm. hugely excited for you all to be a part of of course, first of all, mm. uh, a thing that Mark is not a part of, but many of you are, mm. is book club coming up this Saturday. Yeah. Head full of ghosts. I will remind you on all the social media things, but should be a grand old time and hope to see many of you there for it. When is that? So, Once again? This Saturday, September 25th at 8 p.m. GMT, f- uh, 3 p.m. 3 Eastern. Are you, uh, you going to make a cool little video to remind people like I often do for the watch-alongs? No, uh. but I will make a little image or something for that. Okay. The videos are your thing. That's your... Yeah. I'm not muscling in on that. Okay, fine. That's it's my, your territory. That's my USP. You, this is the second time you've used that around me and I already forgot what it meant. Uh, unique selling point. That's the one. Yes, it is that for you. And not for me. Amazing. Uh, also, what else we got coming up, Mark? Well, look, this is huge. Huge. Uh, and I cannot stress how huge this is. In many ways, this is the biggest destination on the Joag journey so far. It's true. Very true. We've, we've had, stopped. God knows we've had some fucking high points on mm. this cast. In many ways, every fucking week has been a high point in one way or another. I like to think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but there is an absolute fucking monster of an episode coming up. Mm, take us there, Skitch. Oh, yeah, folks. For the first time, I can announce. Are you ready for this? I can announce. <laughs> I'm ready. That the Jack of All Graves <laughs> coming on the weekend of. What's the date? 15th, 16th, I believe, is the Sunday? Yep, on Sunday, the 16th of October, <clears throat> will be... Look, we're very used in the pandemic to communicating remotely, to yes. interacting with our friends, our work colleagues, our loved ones in 2D, you know what I mean? Mm. On a flat plane, yep. 
on a screen over the internet. Like in Superman 2 when, uh, you know, Zod is in the Phantom Zone and they're on that little spinny thing in space. Ah! Um, it's just like that. In many ways, transatlantic communication is just like that. It's all done on a flat plane on the screen. But for the first time, Cory and I will be recording an episode of Jack of All Graves in glorious 3D physical space vision. 3D. For Cory is visiting the UK... Uh, mm-hmm. Under the auspices of seeing uh, Richard Dreyfus and a bunch of her other uh, idols, genre idols, at For the Love of Horror in Manchester, and while here on these the Scepted Isle, Corey and I will be recording an episode of Jack of All Graves in person. What? Absolutely breathing one another's air. Impossible. Impossible. I know. Impossible because you don't exist, as far as I know. Well, that's the thing. I mean, many's the time we've speculated that for one of us, this might be an elaborate fucking Fight Club-esque situation where, you know, the camera pulls back and in the final moments of the movie, we realise that we've just been talking to ourselves (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) while rocking gently back and forth on a screen. So it's time to test. October 16th, we find out which one of us. October 16th. It is. We find out. We Shyamalan the fuck out of it in the final act and we find out <laughs> if indeed this has all just been an elaborate fucking delusion. Yes. And if uh, it has, thank you all for playing along. Yeah, cheers. Really uh, kind of you. Because how far down the rabbit hole does this go if this has all been a delusion? Have one of us just been setting up Twitter Sock Puppets accounts and <laughs> chatting with oh quote gosh, unquote yeah. listeners? Oh my goodness. You know what I mean? Talking none to of, yourself on Discord. None of you exist either. Interesting. How <laughs> deep does the fucking mayhem go? Well, we're about to find out because we're I can't wait personally. Out. It's going to be yes. f- frankly hilarious uh, <laughs> to actually meet you. I gather you're quite short. I I am a little on the short side, yes. Is that true? Yeah. I've, it's going to uh, be fun. That's every time people meet me who like only know me from the internet it's the first thing out of their mouth is oh you are shorter than i thought you'd be rather small like, so i'm gonna find I out i have tall energy you, you oh, fuck you you've got that right so <laughs> uh yes we're gonna get set up we're gonna mm-hmm. film as much of it as we can i dare say we're gonna yes. take photos i dare say but for the first time come please and celebrate the experience of Jack of All Graves in person. Jack of All Graves in 3D. Jack of All Graves in the physical realm as opposed to in our living rooms, in our homes, in front of... Yes. Let me just say, check if I'm saying this right. Garage band! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Something I've learned. Uh, yeah, uh, it's going to be amazing. Exchange. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Taking place in uh, Birmingham, UK. <laughs> Are you, you're still saying it like me? Is that No, I'm not. I'm trying to... I don't know. I'm, 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 you're translating for an American audience here. That, that's what I'm doing. I've, I've, I've picked up your accent by osmosis over yeah, the past year. Exactly. Yeah, and I, for some reason lately, have just been repeating everything you say after you. So, mm. you know, I can't wait till that gets really obnoxious in person to oh, it's gonna be else phenomenal. Poor Sam and Richard are going to be like, oh, why do they hell. keep doing that? Hey, this, this might be... The meltdown that we've always knew was coming. It's true. We've always yeah. known it was waiting for us at some point in the future. Yeah, that that was going to be the end game of Joe Ag is when we yeah. flame out hugely. Uh, Maybe it's driving each other crazy. I think far more fun to end it rather than just slamming a laptop closed like, ah, let's just do it in person <laughs> where we can really cause Storm away. physical distress to one another. Throw things. Ah, 
Yeah. I've always wanted to throw a drink in someone's face. So, you know, test me, Mark. Uh, I'll let you do that. You, you, yeah, that's fine. Okay, great. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's no way we're going to get into a, a knockdown drag out if we're this agreeable about it. Yeah, I know. Is it, is it really a fight if it's consensual? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think that's But anyway, works. that's for us to thrash out at the time. Uh, yes. I'm massively excited and, you know, yeah, just... Hugely. I've never been to England before. I mean, I've been to Heathrow. That's, well, so I've you have. <laughs> but, like, Apart from that time airport. I went to England. <laughs> no, but it's, it's an airport. An airport no, okay. doesn't count as being somewhere. Like, no, you're, like, you're right, you're right, you're right. That's it. I've uh, been through there in transit to places. Maybe that's interesting to me. I could have sworn you've been to London at some point. No, I have not. I've never been to London. Huh. Nope. I've been to Northern Ireland. I've been to Scotland. I've been to Ireland, which is obviously not the UK, but yeah, yeah. you know, in that vicinity. But I have never been to England. Phenomenal. Well, I couldn't be more delighted that your first experience of England is going to be for such a an exalted reason as this. It's going to be awesome. Yes, it's going to be super cool. Mm. So. Keep your eye out, friends. That's coming soon. We're excited about it. We hope you're excited about it. Mm. Um, yeah, that's happening. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, we have lots of things to talk about as well, aside from our little events happening. Or did I miss any announcements? Is there anything uh, let me think. Book Club. Jack of all graves live and in person. Uh, should we get like a banner? A banner? <laughs> I mean, for like what? behind us. I don't know. Or should we just wear the t-shirts? I don't know. Oh, there we go. There's an idea. You know what I mean? Oh, my t-shirt is essentially just a, a plain grey t-shirt by now. I know. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> 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 uh, no, I mean, it's been a movie-rich week, hasn't it? We've watched a it bunch. It has been. Yes. Um, what do you want to go watched... in on? Uh, this is a, it's a tough question because it's really, it's certainly yeah. been a week of movies. Let's start, like, soft- yeah. With you finally watched Alone. Oh man. Let's start soft, but let's start let's start, you know, let's start on a high point. What right. a great movie. Alone from a year or two ago, I think it's from 2019, 2020. Yeah, a I think it's 2020. Very, you know, meat and potatoes, fucking boiled down, nothing fancy, uh kidnap thriller. Um a a, a lady travelling across the country after a, tra a personal tragedy is selected for torment and incarceration by some random fucker who she drives past on 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 the highway or the motorway right and ah oh, so good so tense by the way anyone from the pacific northwest this is when we were i started rewatching this because I, I knew i'd seen it and i couldn't remember exactly what had happened so mm. i started watching it this morning and my husband was like oh it's in oregon and then the sort of opening inciting incident of this he was like oh it's Oregon Drivers, Corey's entire pet peeve. This is a horror movie already. Because <laughs> Oregon oh, really? Drivers are the absolute worst because they're, like, insecure in their driving. So they always drive super, super slow. Okay. And then when you go to pass them, they're like, oh, I guess I can go faster. And they just, like, pace you. Uh, well, and that, it's not like they're yeah. not trying to be dicks. They're just bad at driving. And they're like, oh, is that the speed I'm supposed to be going? Okay. Well, so what you've just done them. there, and I, I love the characterization as well, by the way, you completely disappeared into that character of an Oregon driver. <laughs> it was beautiful. Wore it like a skin suit. But you've just oh, described yeah. exactly how this movie kicks off um, <laughs> yep. with a, a little bit of a tussle uh, in an overtaking situation. The, I, it, 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 
it became a movie other than the one I was expecting in the first kind of 15, 20 minutes. Have you seen um, uh, Duel, Spielberg's first film? I don't, I know what it is. And I, and it's like, at this point, I can't remember if I've seen it or I just know what it is well enough to think. Great, I great, great movie. Um, yeah. A guy is, again, seemingly picked arbitrarily. <laughs> Uh, by a guy driving an articulated lorry, like a, a heavy goods vehicle, and the entire film is this fucking or guy. A truck for uh, American audience. There you go. Uh, <laughs> escaping this truck, who for some reason has has imprinted on him and and wants to kill this fucking guy, and the truck takes on this fucking sense of dread every time you see this truck. You're like, oh fucking hell, and. The 4 by 4 being driven by this nutter in alone takes on that kind of character. Every time you see it pull into right. a, a service station, every time it appears in a rearview mirror, you're like, oh, fuck. But yep. then it develops into something entirely more sinister. The guy, the, the our, our antagonist, is exactly the kind of sweaty, fucking creepy weirdo you, you know, you, it, from, I dare say, every woman's nightmare. Right. Exactly. He he like looks like Ned Flanders, but is yes, extremely he does look like Ned Flanders. Frightening, you yep. know, and puts on this very like he preys upon that that sense that women have that they have to be polite to Yeah, everyone. oh so much. Yes, yes, yes. Starts off by and asking her for where, help. Like, very apologetic. Yeah. Oh I'm sorry, but why do you want to get out so quickly? Mind if I sit down? Mind if I you know, mind if you roll your window down? Preying on politeness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to blow it because if you haven't seen it, do please see it. It's a banger. <laughs> but I note at one point he does the he does the Bundy feint. He does the Bundy gambit. Yes, the arm, arm in, in a the sling, sling, head under the hood. Yep. Can you give me some mm-hmm. help here? I yeah. uh, oh, doing a Bundy as I as I believe it's commonly mm-hmm. known. Um, exactly. But yeah, and yep. then and then it becomes almost like a Woodlands, uh, like a a, a a Woodlands escape thriller. It's <clears throat> really really tight, really tense, and. Uh, uh, unequivocally recommended alone excellent movie alone yes um yeah so that was a that was a good mm. watch a bad watch but now, a fun watch okay oh you're gonna okay oh, i feel no. like <laughs> i feel like this has to be on the other end of the spectrum from alone and then malignant's kind of the in-between here but yeah it does so in the on the other end of the spectrum we watched old the beach that makes you old beach that makes you old the m night Shyamalan joint from this year oh my gosh i mean i'm sure if you exist on the internet you know what this movie is it's literally that it's about it's a a meme film isn't it that makes you old talk about a fucking high concept talk about (laughs) what if uh like he's rolled the the two dice with fucking two things just random words Uh, uh, what if a beach makes you old yep there you go let's go with that uh i don't know where to begin it's difficult because it's one of the most baffling films yeah. I have seen in a very long time. That yeah. feels uh, one of the things that it, although I also felt this about Malignant, both of these movies have this, where I told you yesterday, there was a couple years ago, American audiences probably know about this, there was a Lifetime movie that Will Ferrell mm. and Kristen Wiig made, mm. um, where it was, they played it completely straight. So if you just watch this, not thinking about this as two comedians sort Mm. of lampooning the genre, it is a very good Lifetime movie. Mm. But Lifetime movies are very over-the-top, ridiculous thrillers Mm. and things like that. And so this had this, like, weird vibe of, like, a Lifetime movie, like it was supposed to be a parody of something. Yeah. 
But it wasn't. It was completely serious. Yeah, and completely it, it, it was so jarring in, in terms of its dialogue and in terms of its yep. performances. No one, no one in this film speaks or acts remotely like uh, an actual human being. No. Every time someone like comes up to someone else, they tell them their full job description yep. and everything that they do at that job. Yeah. Like... I to don't, the, to the point I don't where... know what my best friends do for work. There's no way that some stranger is going to just walk up to me oh. and be like, Hello, I'm Mark Lewis. I do training videos. For... If... <laughs> I do trainings for... You if know, you were like, to sit what? down right now and ask my wife what I do for a living, she'd be like, mm, uh, um, <laughs> No clue. But, yeah, right. but this is true to the point where about two thirds of the way through the film, you actually said to me, Oh, this has to be significant. Right, is, yeah. I was like, they keep doing it. It must be. This is going to be, yeah, he's, he's building to something here. He was no. not building to was, anything. Was um, it was literally just to explain to us why each of these people had the exact expertise needed for everything yeah. that happened. The, you know, like, oh, someone got injured. Here's a doctor. Oh, these rocks are weird. Here's like a geologist. Like, the, just... Exactly that. I mean, the central conceit of the film, It's a Beach That Makes You Old, has no internal logic at all. No. It affects different no. people in totally different ways and, and isn't in the least bit referred to. My, my favourite thing in films, as you may know, is uh, I love looking out for how the the you know the filmmakers uh square away the fact that just a mob a working mobile phone could solve everything you don't gotta look too hard for how literally a character runs into frame there's no signal on this thing and that's it and then another character does almost the oh exact it's the same, same character thing. it's the same character like, no 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 because the first time it was uh rufus what's his face oh yes and then the of second course, time course. it was miles from lost just runs into frame <laughs> there's still no signal on this goddamn thing Ah, thanks. Very deft how you oh. squared that particular circle. Very nicely done. Okay, this uh, is... No one, <laughs> no one asked me. There's no signal on this thing. Ah, finishing oh, off a right. conversation that no one started. And it, I just... Again, I'm having trouble even like figuring out where to go with explaining how baffling this movie but you, you, you is. Put... There's like weird kid sex in it and oh, like... Yeah. I don't... It, there's, I... You put it really beautifully, right? Where it's such a curiosity of a film because it it nothing about it is any good, right? It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it is very much in that strange little nebulous zone of if you're watching it with someone else and just, you know, adequately sourced up. Right. You know what I mean? If you've had a little little drinky yeah. drink. Uh, old is strangely entertaining. But yeah, it's like that's the thing about it is it's so bad on every level, and I'm not mad yeah. at it. Like no, it's, no, no, no. It's almost aspirationally bad. Yeah. Like for something to be made by an established filmmaker. Well, yeah. With presumably a budget, both of us were wondering like what was the budget? Well, that leads to but questions like, you know, of its own. Presumably you know? a budget, and they, to be able to have every single element of it not work. Yeah. I mean, one of like, and the script, like you said, is so unnatural. And one of my favorite things, I like, <laughs> you remember how hard I laughed when uh, a dog dies in it. And they're like, oh, the dog's dead. <laughs> and someone goes, but he was only just alive. He was only just alive. Well, uh, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's nope, what, that is the nature. That's what being dead is, mate. Death, isn't it? Yeah. Mm hmm. Fucking hell. <laughs> Just but, but, full but, of gems like that. Don't please don't take any of this as anything 
approaching an endorsement. It's fucking terrible. No, no. But in a very particular circumstances, you may be able to wring some enjoyment out of it because it, it really is poor. Yeah, I think you really need to kind of... Like, I don't even know if it's that you need to know what you're getting into because even that might mm. <laughs> might ruin it. There's just something to going into a movie like that yeah, and being like... I don't, I've never seen, I've never seen anything fail this hard. On the Shyamalan scale with Unbreakable at one end and The Happening at the other, this is very, this is (laughs) in the fucking, it's on that end of the scale. It's in the happening (laughs) zone, you know. Uh, Uh, Yes. Um, And I know we have at least a few listeners who are vehemently anti-happening to the point where oh, we considered so. putting that on like a one of our watch-alongs in the <laughs> poll and they were like if that is picked i will not come i will more, I cannot I'm, moreover i will never listen to jack of all grades again <laughs> so tread carefully i'm going to burn my t-shirt if you try to make me watch that if you make me think the phrase the happening ever again <laughs> So yeah, which old. which which brings <laughs> us right, and it's time to roll up the sleeves here because I think we're about yes. to tussle, aren't we? A little bit, I think. Uh, it's time to discuss the work of fucking staggering genius that is James Wan's *Malignant*. And I oh, said last yeah. week, right? I I said last week that I was expecting very little from it because. And I was the opposite. <laughs> you were, yeah, yeah, you were. That's gonna be great, James Wan's gonna be a banger. Look, you can't obviously you can't overstate the rejuvenating effect James Wan has had on the horror genre mm-hmm. um and i will never not get a thrill from an auteur an artiste making those big bucks making fast and furious money you know what i mean <laughs> and using that profile using that pull using that sway with studios to create something which swings for the fences which adds something new to the conversation, which speaks in bold colours, and which <laughs> frankly comes at you like a fucking, you know, you, 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 to quote the fake Mandarin, you will never see it coming. Malignant <laughs> is fucking brilliant. Uh, Over to you, Corrigan. No. Listen. <laughs> you did say to me early in the week, you were like, the beginning of it, you're going to be like, eh. And then you're going to be like, oh. Yeah. And this is the truth. Yeah. The last 20 minutes of Malignant yeah. is great. It is. Like, it, it's it so is it, it's... truly fantastic. Um, that it's, is. You will never have seen anything like the last 20 minutes of Malignant You've never before. seen anything like that. I will say, like, I mean, I saw that coming from a mile away. Not how it was executed, but the supposed twist. Okay. Literally, like ten minutes in the movie, I was like, "Oh, okay, I see." <laughs> but like the like whole thing with that, then I was like, "Do I have to watch?" It's an hour and thirty minutes to get to that point. Ten minutes in, I know where it's going, and it is the worst hour and twenty minutes between me figuring out where this movie is going. And when it gets there, right, I, bad script, bad everything, bad right. acting, bad all of it. My God, it is one of the worst, worst hour and a half of a movie I have ever seen. That's cold. That is, that is. It's so bad. It felt like, it was like Saw Spiral to me watching mm. it. I was like, this is, this has all the same problems as Saw Spiral. This here's is what I, here, here's bad. why, because I get, I get why you could think that, right? <laughs> 
Sure. But it was very self-aware in ways that Saw Spiral was, was... Yeah, utterly. Do you think any of that was accidentally bad in the way that Old or Saw yes. Spiral was? I didn't get that at all. I got... It felt I, to me like they knew what they were going to do with that last 20 minutes. Mm. And the first hour and a half of it was like, fuck, how do we make a movie to get to that last 20 minutes? Like, all of that was an afterthought. But the, the color palette is beautiful. The effects, the transition effect when she's being, you know, when she's in her mind palace or whatever. All so beautiful. Mm -hmm. The music is terrific. The performances are knowingly vacant. Her, the are sister. The, yeah, completely. The, she's performing to I an archetype. I I, 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 it is a film that knows exactly what it's about. It is a film that is totally in control of its own shit, which makes <laughs> it all the more impressive when it decides to utterly lose that shit in the last 20 minutes. Malignant is a banger. Yeah. I think they could have made 30 minutes of everything before that part. Mm -hmm. um, and you've got a complete film. And it could have been well acted. And it could have been well scripted. I mean, it was just so much downtime in it, too, where, like, nothing's really happening. And again, because I don't think the twist is that surprising, you're just waiting on getting there put all those kills like those kills that are spread out over an hour and a half you could put those in 15 minutes well it, it does <laughs> i mean it triples the kill count in the last 15 minutes well in the last but i mean the ones leading to getting there you huh. know that you know that setup you could tell that story like someone asked me mm. like okay so what is the first hour and a half of this and i it took me like four sentences to explain well, the entire hour and a half. There was, I mean, me. there was a lot for me personally, I guess. Because, I mean, the the reveal when it comes plays into a big, big, big... Uh, one of my favourite, favourite topics about just how repulsive hum the human form can be. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And I'm not, we're not going to spoil it just in case you've not seen it, but we've done a fucking episode on it, for Christ's sake. Um, <laughs> and seeing that seeing that concept amplified to a million percent and played out on screen in, right. in you know the way it was gave me just delight it was lovely to see yeah like i said that lot i have no complaints mm. about the end of that movie but this is exactly the thing that you know i screamed about a couple weeks ago about like if you only need this much time to tell your story just make your like normalize using the amount of time you need mm. but again nearly two hours is too long for that movie this isn't, this ain't, this ain't by, this is by no means his first horror film, you know? And uh, that's, right. that's just another reason why it felt deliberate. It felt like that, that burst of mayhem at the end was almost like a reward for the first half. Yeah, you but, know what I mean? But like, I don't think you have, you should have to struggle to get to the reward, you know? Like I, if I didn't know mm. that there was gonna be something bonkers at the end of that, I would not have lasted more than a half hour into that movie. And I'm not a turn off movies person. I'm usually mm. like, oh, all right, I'll at least, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. get there and I'll be on my phone yeah. at least, you know? And I didn't, I didn't use my phone at all. I was like, I'm going to watch this. Um, and every moment of it felt like a year. Do you know, but I, <laughs> I, I even, I even love how divisive it is. Yeah, you know, I'm sure you will have heard me say before now, I would rather hate a fucking movie than be yeah. completely, uh, what was that, bland yeah, as fuck. Whatever. Yeah, I would rather, and seeing the discourse and yeah. having this conversation with you and knowing that it has inspired 
a, a, a response in everyone who's seen it, even on <laughs> right. that level. Yeah, nobody comes out of that like, nah. uh, you're going to have an opinion on yep. Malignant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and, and <laughs> I, I think even on that level, I could deem it a success. Yeah, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. And mm-hmm. again, I could watch that. Like, I think what I said on Letterboxd, like, I will never watch that movie again. Yeah. But if someone were watching the last 20 minutes and I walked into the room, I would sit there and watch it with them. Sure. Like, it's just so wild and crazy. And I've never seen anything like that before. And, you know, and because, I mean, this is one of the things I will give to the beginning of it. Because, like, partway through, I was like, oh, I see what's going to happen with this looking at like kind of the payoff to like, I could see what the body was up to before it got there. Uh-huh. And then seeing like how it got to that point. Yeah. You know, you're like, see, oh. you also claimed in a conversation this week to have rumbled the, the twist of the sixth sense within the, within yeah. moments. So I think yeah, you've was... just got that. I don't, yeah, maybe, I don't know. I, I likened like it to magic. I'm looking obvious. at a magic eye picture. You've got this <laughs> perspective on movies where the twist just swims out at you immediately. I think it's just the way you're built. That could be. I don't know. But I mean, given the title of this one. I know, yeah. And... It's literally there in the title. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this wasn't... It's not exactly rocket science. And I will, I'll bring up something else to you after this that also is why it was obvious to me, but I don't want to spoil it okay. for anyone. Okay, cool. Um, I will make a note to myself to tell you <laughs> why that why it was like yeah of course that's where this is going okay um but yeah malignant i don't know i i don't unreservedly recommend it but i know you do mark i certainly do uh but you know much like the beach that makes you old it's one of those films that you have to watch really because it's 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 causing yeah. such cultural ripples you know what yeah. i mean i mean that's the reason why we watched old is we were looking through things yeah. like, oh what do you want to watch and it was like i mean Eventually, we have to see it, right? Mm. I also <laughs> like... insist on only referring to it as the beach that makes you old. That's what the film is called, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it, it was another movie also that refused to give you the title. Oh. They kept saying older throughout the whole this thing. This beach seems to be making us oh, oh, go on, oh, older, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> um, just malicious, malicious that. All our argument about malignant mm. aside, uh, you can, you guys can make that choice for yourself. Today, we have come here to discuss a topic I think is especially near and dear to uh, Mark's heart, but one that is is always a good time, and that is stupid deaths. Yeah, with dumb ways to die. With the emphasis on stupid, you know. I mean, yes, and. Here's here's the traditional Joag disclaimer. This is we are fucking not ha 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 pointing and laughing. Good God right. no. But a really good stupid death, right? Occupies <coughs> a, 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 a a very interesting place uh, for me, right? I mean, you know yeah. full well how much I enjoy looking at people, how much I enjoy thinking about what makes us what we are, right. and a life ending in a frankly ridiculous fashion it it for me it creates a very distinct and specific feeling um right. it, it isn't pathos it's it's bathos is that a term you've heard bathos bathetic i don't think so no so whereas pathos is is the something that inspires pity or sadness 
Bathos is a state of almost an horrific, just a just a terribly despairing anticlimax. You know, mm, mm-hmm. something so beautiful and something that has so full of potential and so rich in possibility, ending in such a pathetic way. That is the okay, sensation yeah. of bathos, just uh-huh. cosmic anticlimax, the coincidence that leads to any human life, right? Right. On a fucking rock hurtling through space, you know, living by the colossal nuclear reactions of a star that we're orbiting in a fucking cosmic ballet. Ah, oh, it's wonderful. And yet, <laughs> and yes. yet, that can end in the most paltry and ridiculous fashion for some people. And for me, I find, I find poetry in that. I find bathos in a really fucking yeah. stupid death. Yeah, I think I like it's a thing I think about a lot. I think it's a a weird paranoia I have in a sense. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah, I yeah. go for yeah. like, you know, I walk through a park just about every day. Yeah. Uh and trees fall down in that park all the time. Yeah. And oh. branches fall down off that all the time. Yeah. And I always have this like thought that like at any given moment, like one of these asshole trees could just yep. like Toss down. Or like there's squirrels that throw things out of the trees. Like what if something you know, throws an acorn and I trip over it and I smash my head open beautiful. on the ground. You right. <laughs> uh, I read a tweet earlier on which really fucking brought that kind of concept home. If you say, oh, the odds of this happening are one in a million, right? Then you would tend to think, oh, well, that's obviously never going to happen. One in a million odds. But, but someone's the one. There's eight million people in New York. Right? That means mm-hmm. daily, one in a million things happen eight times. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. On, a, on, a, on a social scale, on a, if you zoom out, one in a million odds are fucking pretty common on a planetary yeah. scale, you know? So this That's shit happens did, all the time. Yeah, someone did a thing that I think, you know, it was like, not entirely serious, but just to make a point kind of like that, that someone had... Uh, calculated how many one in a million like moments you have Wonderful. in your life. Yeah. And if you count a moment like based on a certain thing, like is a breath a moment or yeah. is like yeah. A, yeah. 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 a single action a moment, is a step a moment, something like that, that theoretically is something that's one in a million. You actually have a bunch of those yes. every single day of your life, yes. you know? And so, it, I mean, I've always felt this way about odds that I'm like, yeah, odds are odds, but still... Sometimes you're the one Mm -hmm. that something happens to. Mm -hmm. And I do think maybe that's why I do kind of enjoy. I've always had this thought that when I die, I want a headstone, right? I don't care if I'm actually buried under it, Uh but I want a headstone and I want it to say something funny that like makes it seem like something stupid happened to me you know okay. like, it seemed like corrigan edmondson it seemed like a good idea at the time or like something like <laughs> that you know like just yeah. like something that makes it sound like you know something ridiculous happened to me because i do think that there's something i don't know something about the chaos of that yes that is weirdly comforting just as much as it is terrifying uh, look, you know me well enough by now to know that I completely fucking agree. And if you <laughs> right. can, if you can finally, as your final act, reduce all of that chaos, that fucking stupid Rube Goldberg machine that we all live in, if you can just reduce that to a fucking punchline, yeah. Then, for example, one of the ones that uh, I came across mm. was um, the 
uh, ancient uh, playwright, Aeschylus, considered the father of the tragedy. Wonderful. Um, and he had uh, he had basically written what was called the Orestian Trilogy, which I guess is like considered one of his best and most well-known works. Yeah. But it was very unpopular with the people of the time because he, it was basically, you know, as they put it, it expressed his aristocratic tendencies and roots and people were not into no, this rich douchebag. So you've got to stay down he, with your audience, Aeschylus. Exactly. So he basically put himself into exile and moved to Sicily and he had a a fear that um like something was going to to kill him in his house like the roof mm. was going to fall on him or something of that nature mm. and so he spent a lot of time outside to avoid this death that was supposed to happen to him inside of his house mm. uh but what ended up happening was that Aeschylus was outside uh when an eagle saw his bald head oh Aeschylus and thought that it was a rock <laughs> and dropped a tortoise on it no <laughs> to, to try, try break. to break its shell open so that it could eat it wonderful and so he was killed by a falling tortoise dropped by an eagle while See? hiding out outside to try to avoid a falling object he thought was going to hit him inside his house phenomenal such was right. the death of Aeschylus that escalated quickly. Um, oh, thank you. I'm, I'm certain that must be where the, the kind of the, the, the etymology of that word must come from. Allow me to relay <laughs> to you the tale. I mean, uh, I don't know if you remember this. I certainly do. Um, some years back, there was a, uh, a suicide bomb attack on an airport in Russia. Do you remember this? Okay. This was in uh, New Year's 2011. Uh, it was uh, Domodedovo Airport killed 35 people in a suicide bombing attack. That does How, sound vaguely familiar. However, um, some weeks prior to that, a further attack was foiled by uh, the most incredible of circumstances. Um, a... Uh, 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 a terrorist from the same cell that performed that attack had procured all of the equipment necessary to build a bomb. So explosives, uh, 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 you know, uh, rigging and a, a, a mobile phone was used as the detonating devices they often are by terrorists. And, they, yeah. you know, you send a, a text message to that phone, it triggers a signal through the wiring, the bomb explodes, right? Now, it's common practice for... Uh, bombs of this nature for the device that the, the the mobile phone being used to stay off to stay switched off until it's needed right you then switch right. it off at go time send the text boom the the terrorists in this case left the mobile phone switched on uh -oh. and it received a spam advertising message a few <gasps> days before yeah mate a spam advertising message wishing a happy new year and advertising some product triggered the bomb Blew the woman the fuck up and, uh, you know, saved a load of people. Saved lives. Saved lives. Simply through a fucking spam text message arriving on the phone. Never say that a pop-up ad never did nothing for you. So, so, so cool. That's the first, I think, in history, the first recorded use of a spam text message being... <laughs> a positive. Being good. Positive thing. Yeah, I mean, this makes me think also, I mean... 
this was, I don't think this guy was actually a terrorist, but another story that I came across mm. uh, was that there was a man by the name of Nicholas Comper, mm. and he was an aviator and aircraft designer, and apparently he was trying to light a firework, okay. uh, and this was in Hythe? Hytha? Kent? Somewhere somewhere in the UK. Hythe. I think they're saying Hythe. 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 Hythe, Kent. Yes? Yep. Hythe. Hive. Kent. Uh, and someone walked by and was like, hey, what are you doing, buddy? And I think he was being sarcastic from everything I can tell about this story. But he yeah. said that he was an IRA man planning oh, to blow mate. up the town hall. And the this is 1939. So <laughs> thus the person who had come across him was like, you're doing what? And he pushed him down and he hit his head on the curb and he died. The fucking hell. Simply through just bad, bad joke and bad taste. The immediate receipt of a shit joke. Right. Oh, I'm going to blow up the town hall. I remember the IRA. Oh, like, fuck you are. Just pushed him over. I'm going to, at this point, right. I I have a favorite stupid death. Okay. And it was quite recently. <coughs> uh, we are, come back with me to 2015, if you would. Okay. I would love to. A guy from a town quite close to where I grew up, a, a town by the name of Barry. Barry. I shit you not. There's a place called Barry. Um, I believe it. And a guy called Darren Bray, who uh, went back to a friend's house, uh, carrying um, he had a McDonald's with him. Right, he'd been to McDee's and mm. came back to the to the friend's house with McDee's. For reasons known only to Darren, he attempts to impress the people that he's with by eating a cheeseburger in one go. Right? Okay. He literally folds a cheeseburger in half, rams the entire thing in his mouth, chokes to death on the spot and dies. What? Yeah. Darren what? Bray, age 29. Why and didn't anyone like Heimlich him or anything? Oh, they tried. They tried. But uh, it was like a two inch wad. Uh, of, that makes of... me very concerned about McDonald's cheeseburgers. Well, uh, they've even got the measurements of the blockage. Eight by five centimeter piece of cheeseburger stuck just above his vocal cord. Uh, he asphyxiated to death. Now, what? I mean, that's the most stupid death, right? Yeah. But what elevates this to that, that, that realm of poetry that I'm talking about, that realm okay. of, of bathos. Darren's last words... Watch this. Oh, no. <laughs> that's exactly what, like... Oh, that's a cliche right there. It's hold my beer. Exactly. His last words were, watch this! Stuffed <laughs> a cheeseburger into his mouth. Ah! And <laughs> dies on the spot. Oh, that's terrible. And that was very terrible. The, you know, a million individual sperm vied for life, right? <laughs> Any Aww. number of different pathways to that man's existence. Sliding doors, butterfly effect, shit. Mm -hmm. For you, Darren, that is how it ended. Oh, man. Mm. That's rough. Isn't it? <laughs> it's super rough. Isn't it? Uh, there was uh, another one 
uh, that's similar to this. I went and I was looking, I was very curious about like the historical mm. kinds of ones, not just the ones that have happened recently, yeah, which yeah, of yeah. course means there's also like a, a degree of like who told this story and why. That's why, that's but... why historic stupid deaths don't quite resonate for me. Cause they're all, Oh, King right. Ludwig the ninth did eat too much pheasant. Yeah. <laughs> I go, <I'm> <laughs> yeah, there's a that. lot of those. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, supposedly, um, Claudius Drusus, the eldest son of the future Roman Emperor Claudius, died when he tossed a pear high in the air and caught it in his mouth when it came back. And then he choked on it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Which I 100% buy because I have definitely done the thing where I throw something in the air and then I catch it and then I'm like, yeah, completely. (laughs) It just goes straight down and you're like, oh, "Oh, I didn't didn't account for that. A whole pear. uh, whole ass pair i mean real nice i don't know which direction it was what kind of pair whatever but so, so you know my my and again just to outline this my interest in this is i'm not gawking i'm really not this isn't rubbernecking this isn't watching a fucking car crash as you drive <laughs> by this is for me there's 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 beauty in this you know right oh dear i mean i got more i mean let's hear it let's keep on going keep it moving allow me to to, to tell you the tale of oh god <laughs> um dick Wertheim. Okay, I believe I'm pronouncing his surname right. Vertim, Vertim, Richard Vertim. And this was quite recent and quite high profile in 1983. Dick Vertim was, he worked in in sports. He was a tennis linesman, Mm -hmm. right? And uh, I dare say some of our listeners might already know of this case because he was working in uh, a match of the 1983 United States Open Tennis Tournament, right? Okay. And a very high profile tennis player, Stefan Edberg, you know the name Stefan Edberg? I, tennis is like not. Oh, same. Who cares? I but I, but I, but I, <laughs> I've heard of this guy. Um, okay. Launches a fucking serve, hits Richard Wertheim square in the nuts. I did see this one. Okay, yeah. Uh, he topples backwards off his chair, uh, and has a heart attack, stroke, and dies. That's that happens a lot. I mean, not specifically that, but like. Just things startle someone, yep. and they have a heart attack and die, mm. or they laugh too hard. And My they apologies. Have a heart attack and he die didn't have a heart or... attack and die there and then, but he smacked his head, <laughs> fell backwards from his chair, smacked his head on the hard court surface after getting mm. a high velocity tennis ball to the fucking bollocks. I know what a way to go. That's humiliating. It is. Ah oh, man, I don't want to die with a tennis ball to the junk. No sir. Oh man. And it's like a double whammy too, you know, like, oh, ow. And then you're like, oh, I'm falling. That sucks. Yeah, and then and you hit your head. Like, Think of it this way. Had he not fallen back off his chair, hit his head and died, that clip would have wound up on Sports Most Hilarious Boopers. Exactly. Wah, wah. Right. Boing, exactly. oing, oing, oing. There would have been like a... It is <laughs> such a fine line between straight comedy and tragedy. Oh, that, there it is. There it is. Such a fine line between a beautifully executed... Pratfall between slapstick right and dying on a fucking tennis court or <clears throat> choking to death on a fucking burger right. yeah another uh a favorite seems like the wrong word i hate to use that but yeah, yeah, one yeah, you yeah, may yeah, have yeah, heard yeah, yeah, yeah. Ha- heard of before kind of a famous one that uh gets me every time was a man named clement valendigam beautiful who died name. in yeah <laughs> he died in 1871 in Lebanon, Lebanon, Ohio, he yep. was um, representing a defendant. He was a lawyer uh, who was accused of killing a man in a barroom brawl. Yep. 
and so in his attempt to prove that the man had actually shot himself uh, and had not been shot by someone else, he uh, drew his pistol uh, rising from a kneeling position to oh. demonstra demonstrate this, thinking the pistol was unloaded. Yep, classic. And reenacted this uh, and ended up discharging the gun into his own stomach, killing himself. In a, in a courtroom? But in a courtroom, while trying to prove that exactly that thing is what happened. Mm. So he died, but on the other hand, the guy he was defending got off because he proved exactly oh. what he was trying to say. An absolute professional to the last. Right, exactly. Failing upward, I believe that would be called. <laughs> for real. His last act, oh. sacrificing himself. Consummate for professional. a not guilty verdict. And I guess, you know, I guess the message here is... Make sure it ain't you, you know? Make sure you're not on that fucking Wikipedia list. Make sure <laughs> make sure you don't check out as a punchline. Make sure you're not make sure you're not on a fucking on some dickhead's podcast. You know? <laughs> That's all I want is to not end up on anybody's podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all. I don't want to die in any kind of ironic ha 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 kind of no. sting in the tail fashion. Absolutely not. But if I do Podcasts are welcome to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go for your life. <laughs> I mean, if I go out stupidly, mm -hmm. especially if it's my own damn fault. Yeah. Feel free. It, Pick over my bones. Feel free. Yeah. Mock the shit out of it. So, friends. Friends. This has been another another little chapter in the Joag journey. Yes, sir. Every we hope step you have fun with it. Leads us closer to our destination. Where is it? We don't know. Don't but know. the foot's on the so, gas and we're only going to go faster. That's right. So thanks for joining us once again and being a part of the Joag journey and uh, make sure that you, you know, drop us some stars in yeah. the Apple store if you get a chance um, and that you follow us on all the social media and, and if you're interact. Looking, Our group. Oh, if you're looking for a really good quality plain gray t-shirt, just buy one from our fucking merch store. Give it a wash. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh no. <laughs> I swear. It's like so weird because... Like, there are many of us who wear our Joag stuff all the time, and yeah, there's sure. no problem with it, and yours is just trashed. Yeah. Uh, and I think it made something with that print, because I think I saw one other person who had one like that that was a little faded. Mm. But anyways, regardless, um, normally our merch seems to hold up pretty well, but Mark washes his clothes in acid, so... <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Um, but yes, follow us on all the social media. Our group has been popping lately. People have a lot of weird stuff to, to mm. say, and it's spooky season, so we'd love to hear from you more uh, as the season goes on. Show us your decorations. Tell us what you're watching, what you're reading, all of that kind of stuff. And I will see you all for Book Club Saturday, September 25th, Head Full of Ghosts by Paul Tremblay. It should be a delightful time. Oh, I have just had an idea. Um, mm. The Don't we have an episode the day before Halloween? We do, yeah. We should do it in costume. You're going to make me... You're going to make me costume? Yeah. Well, I'm going to do it in costume. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's fair. You and Owen. You and Owen are going to costume. Oh, shit. Owen's coming on. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. All right, good. Yes. I good feel stuff. great about that. Yeah. Good. Great. Wonderful. So, and you can all listen to us in costume that mm -hmm. day, and it'll be a great 
bonding experience. So until then, and until next time, stay spooky, friends. Watch this. I'm sweaty, as I'm sure does not surprise you. Yeah, listen, what is that all about then? Because exactly the same thing happens to me, right? Before, pre, you know, pre-Joag, <laughs> I'm like, oh, do you know what? I might have to put a hoodie on or something. 25 minutes into Joag, I'm like, ugh. <gasps> fuck. <gasps> Why? All know. I'm doing is Maybe literally... we're just excited. Could be that. Could be could be that <laughs> Joag adrenaline. Um, all I'm, Literally, all I'm doing is sat down talking. That's all I'm doing. Yeah. And yet... You know, you're sucking back the fluids. Uh. <laughs> 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 I'm about to have to eat somebody. It's getting crazy in here. <laughs> it's getting hot in here. We'd best consume the dead. <laughs> I am getting so hot. I'm, I'm going to eat, eat his leg guy. off. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh, like, good gracious leg us. is delicious. <laughs> 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 <laughs>